The episode you are about to hear is brought to you by The Overflow and sponsored by our new life class, Demystifying Mercury Retrograde. It is intuitively designed as a support tool as we face the hard things that the transit will bring up for all of us over the next six weeks. Mercury Retrograde starts October the 31st and lasts through the shadow period until December the 7th. In addition to the life class, you'll get the full Mercury Retrograde guidebook, intuitive messages for Mercury Retrograde, and four meditative journal prompts to help you dive deep and get past the fluff and the hype of Mercury Retrograde. There's nothing to fear. Go ahead and go to theoverflow.com, T-H-E-O-V-E-R-F-L-O.com, and click on offerings to sign up for the class. See you soon. Hey, 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 you're listening to the Overflow Podcast. Welcome back to episode three of the Find Your Flow series. Today, we're going to be talking about facing our fears and redefining failure. And I know in the past, I've started off with definitions, but these are really simple concepts that I don't really think need to be redefined. I do think we need a little bit of a paradigm shift. But I'll start by reciting a poem from Marianne Williamson, Our Deepest Fear. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, Who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not in just some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we're liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And that is from Marianne Williamson's book, A Return to Love, that I want to read. She's actually running for president right now and trying to get white America on board with reparations. But that is a totally different podcast. Uh, So let's get into it. Uh, When I reflect on fear and my inability to face it at times, and as I've been contemplating this for this episode, I am brought back to, as most things are rooted in, our childhood. And I was a smart kid. Um, I got praised for knowing things, for being talkative, using big vocabulary. You know, I was smart. And for whatever reason, though, the effect of that was that the adults around me expected me to figure things out on my own. I wasn't really guided to do anything or encouraged to keep trying something when I started it. So I would kind of bounce around from things. Um, I wasn't, my gifts weren't necessarily 
cultivated, right? Because most things came easily whenever something that came up that was a little bit more difficult for me, I just gave up. And that's kind of been the story of my life, I would say. Um, When things get hard, when things get challenging, I kind of cut and run. And that's not something I want to do anymore. I know that that keeps me, like the poem said, playing small. And I know that God created me for more. And so when I think about wanting to build a life and build a legacy and build things that have an impact beyond myself, I know that fear is something that I have to face. And it started one by creating this podcast and knowing that everything wasn't going to be perfect, that I don't have, you know, an audience of 10,000 or 20,000 or 100,000, but that doesn't mean that what I have to say doesn't have meaning, doesn't have value, and that the people I'm going to be reaching don't need to hear the things that I have to say. So first off, I want to kind of dissect fear and see why (laughs) it's so debilitating. And what I found is that it's the embarrassment or what we anticipate will be embarrassing when we don't get that ego validation that we're so desperately seeking from others. And what I mean by that is... Yes, we're afraid of what people think, but we're more afraid that they aren't going to accept us as we are. And again, that's rooted in our childhood of needing when we're children, adults, our loved ones, our caregivers to tell us that we're worthy, to tell us that we have value. And if that wasn't something that was reinforced outside of being praised for what we could produce or being praised for things that impressed other people, then we don't really have that sense of intrinsic value or intrinsic worth. So if we do not get that good feedback right out of the gate when we're attempting something, that's what we're avoiding the most is it not giving us that validation, right? And that acceptance, You are worthy because you are. You are worthy because you exist. And if you have an idea and a vision to do something, it's because God gave it to you to do. And yes, when you first do it, when you first present it, it may not turn out exactly how you expect. And that's okay. Um, We don't want that rejection, That's really the second thing. Rejection can be triggering. It can also trigger abandonment issues, self-worth issues. That's where feeling like a failure comes from because you feel like you don't measure up, like you don't stack up. But we cannot link our value and our worth to what other people believe to be true about us or the way something turns out. Because when we're doing something for the first time, It is not going to be good. 
And even if it's okay, or if it's good, even if it's beautiful, it's not going to turn out the same way as somebody who's been doing it or executing that particular thing for years. So our general vision may be brilliant, but the rollout or the attempt to complete it may not come out exactly right. And that's okay. We have to let go of the idea that something is going to be perfect. We cannot let perfect be the enemy of progress. And so I have three ways for us to approach failure or a feeling of defeat. And that's rest, uh, surrender, and then of course facing it. So after a period of rejection or what feels like failure or something not going our way, it's really, really important for us to take a step back and rest and reflect we didn't get the job, right? We didn't get the contract. We didn't get the answer that we wanted when we pitched ourselves. That's okay. Um, Resting doesn't mean retreat from battle. It doesn't mean that we're going, we have to stop trying. Um, But I think it is necessary after putting out so much energy into something, putting our passion and pouring out um, really blood, sweat, and tears, depending on what the project was or depending on the application process. could be rigorous. You could go all the way to the last round and still not get it or in the digital marketing world, for instance, I have a class out. I'm meeting a lot of my goals, but you know, would it be better to have more sales for a product, for instance? Yes, of course. But after you do it, one, reflect on how far you've come. Be proud of yourself and take time to refuel your tank because you still have work to do. You still have to go after your yes because there will be a yes. And that is all you need is one yes. So the second thing is surrendering. We know this in concept and we only can really grasp it after after the fact. But when something doesn't work out, it's usually because what is actually for us is down the road. But when we're surrendering, we're not just waiting for something to fall in our lap. Surrender does not mean stagnation. It means doing the work to get and get and stay in alignment for our yes for what we're purpose for for that better opportunity so taking the time while you're resting even it doesn't even have it doesn't have to be a you know a three-part thing like step one step two and step three but while you're resting surrendering in your mindset that something better is coming praying for that alignment, praying for that next opportunity and doing the work that is required for you to get the opportunity. So if you got rejected, why? You know, asking for feedback, incorporating the things that you need to incorporate, whether that's a better presentation, better language in your asking, um, This really runs the gamut, but in self-improvement, self-development, you are still you. It may have just not been a good fit, but whatever the case may be, you have to keep doing the work 
for your larger vision, for your larger dream. Then ultimately we have to face our fear and we can reduce the impact of fear by facing it. It comes through that action. People don't have to like you. And I think what happens is we, by linking our value and linking our confidence and self-esteem to the acceptance of others, we really put ourselves at a disadvantage because nobody, we're not entitled to the acceptance of others. We're not entitled for someone to pay us for a product or service. We're not entitled to that job even. We deserve safety, we deserve respect, we deserve security. But at the end of the day, people can say no and they will, but all they can do is say no. All they can do is say no. So don't let that no keep you from asking. That no can't bring you harm. That no can't take away your identity, can't take away your skills, can't take away your value. It's just a no. And so ultimately, we need a paradigm shift about what failure is. And it's not the no's that are failures. The only failure is when you actually stop showing up for yourself. And even then, we get a new moment every day to start showing up for ourselves. And I just want to close in the words of Pops, played by John Witherspoon. You win some, you lose some, but you live to fight another day. Thank y'all so much for listening. You've been listening to episode three of the Find Your Flow series. From the Overflow Podcast, Facing Fear and Redefining Failure. Be sure and follow us on Instagram at The Overflow or visit our website, theoverflow.com, T-H-E-O-V-E-R-F-L-O.com to check out our offerings.